wants not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. get to the business of the morning. I'm doing a series that I have titled Succeeding Through Failure. My text is from Micah 7 verse 8. Micah chapter 7 verse 8. This is what the Bible says. He says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Then he says, When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. I want you to type in the comment box, When I fall, I shall arise. So, the Bible says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. You know, in the school of success, wisdom is principal. The Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom is a principal thing. In fact, the New Living Translation says, wisdom is the most important thing. The New Century Version, I beg your pardon, says wisdom is the most important thing, so get wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get understanding. He says, treasure wisdom and it will make you great. Hold on to it and it will bring you to honor. And so I believe that anybody who wants to walk in honor, wants to walk in greatness, must have great value for wisdom. If you are going to succeed in life, wisdom is principal. This was spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the one of the men who experienced real success in every sense of a word. He experienced financial, I mean, all-round success. His name was Solomon. He said wisdom was the secret of his success. Now, if wisdom is the secret for all-round success, it's important that we go all after wisdom. But you know, wisdom can come to us in through different means. And one of the ways we can draw wisdom sometimes is by looking at the lives of people who have failed in one area of our lives or in our own lives by looking at failure from a different perspective. I was surprised one day when I saw in the book of Proverbs that the wisdom for prosperity can be learned from lazy people. I mean, all my life I had never thought about anything like that because what I know is that if you want to succeed, and you want to uh, 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 experience riches or true wealth and prosperity, you need to work hard. You need the blessing of God, but you need to work hard. The blessing of the Lord make it rich and ask no sorrow with it. But the blessing of God is a universal thing. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. But if you don't work hard, you are not able to manifest the blessing or translate the blessing into material riches. And the Bible says this. Look at it with me before we get into the meat of our sermon today. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 to 34. He said, I went past the field of a sluggard, 
past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. I applied my heart and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief. And scarcity like an armed man. Wow. Learning wisdom to prosper from the wrong source. I mean, you, you will never think that the looking at a poor man, you can learn lessons for prosperity. Now, in the same vein, if looking at the life of a poor man can teach us lessons that will empower us to prosper, then I believe that we can also draw lessons from failure that will empower us to prosper. That is the morale of this teaching. How we can draw lessons from failure that will empower us to become super success in life. All right. The objective for this series, I believe that sharing it with you is important, is to equip you with knowledge to deal with failure better in your own life and the lives of others in order to experience and multiply success. You see, the, 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 reason, the reason and the mission of this service is, to design, is, is for you to succeed in every area of your life. But to succeed, not just succeed, but also help you to multiply success around you. When you are only... You are the only person who is successful. You can become a target. But when you are able to multiply success around you, your family, everybody is successful. Around you, your friends are successful. Nobody views you as an enemy anymore because everybody is virtually okay. And so we, we don't just have to dream of succeeding, but we must seek to multiply success. You see, that is one of the marks that distinguishes leaders from followers. A leader multiplies success. He's not the only successful person, but others succeed through him. And if we are going to, number one, experience success, number two, be able to multiply success, then it's important that we define, redefine uh, failure, understand failure properly, and then we'll be able to deal with failure properly in our own life and the lives of others. Reverend Luther said, Often the doorway to success is entered through the hallway of failure. He says the doorway to success is often entered through the, the, the doorway to success is entered through the hallway of failure. And that is a very important quote, I believe. The Bible says, Rejoice not against me. When I fall, I shall arise. In this service, my focus really is to help you understand that failure is a certainty in life. Yes, you heard me. I said failure is a certainty. It's not something you can pray away. It's not something you can plan away. It's not something you can protect yourself from. No, failure is number one certainty in life. I like it so much when the Bible says, when I fall, when I fall. It didn't say, if I fall, when I fall, I shall arise. In Job chapter 22, verse 29, he says, When men are cast down, thou shalt say, there's a lifting up. When men are cast down, as long as you are a man, there is something that may come your way that you may not be able to deal with and you may be cast down. But the good news is that when you are cast down, there's a lifting up. There's a guarantee lifting up for you. The shocker for me is... 
Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24. Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24. This is what the Bible says. He says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. Now, that's amazing. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. Then he says, though he falleth, he shall not be utterly cast down. I would have thought that if your steps are ordered by God, and God is all-knowing, God can fail, then you shouldn't fall down. But the Bible says, even the good man whose steps is ordered by God can fall. But the difference between him and the others is that though he falleth, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? Because the Lord shall uphold him with his right hand. I don't know whether you have failed in any area of your life and you are wondering whether or not you can make it again. I have a message of encouragement and assurance for you. God is able to hold your hand up and God is able to lift you up. So I want you to type in the comment box, I am coming back again. I'm coming up again. In the book of Proverbs, this is what the Bible says. Proverbs 24, verse 16. He said, the just man, again, the just man falleth seven times. The just man, the man who is justified in Christ, the man who has been made righteous in Christ, the man who is complete in Christ, the just man falleth seven times, not even once, not twice. Some, sometimes when people fail in one area or the other in their lives, they say, I'm giving up. You wrote an exam, you failed once, you failed twice, and you want to give up. No. According to scripture, you are not a candidate to give up yet until you have failed seven times. And, and that with God helping you, with the Holy Ghost helping you, and with this series guiding you, you will not fail at anything seven times. That is the, uh, the focus of this message. And it's critical that we open ourselves up for it. In this service, we want to look at there are many biblical models of people who bounce back from failure, who succeeded through failure. Many of them. And there are others who couldn't maximize their failure and they really failed and ended up as failures. We want to be focusing on one man I have grown to love. And his name is Peter. I love Peter because Peter uh, says there's a lot of things we all can share with Peter or we share in life with Peter. And so I want us to read. We'll take a few uh, references and read to set the stage for this series. Look at Mark chapter 14, verse 66 to 72 with me. I read from the New Living Translation. This is Peter. Peter is an, a model example of a man who succeeded through failure. He rose up to become one of the greatest apostles. I mean, you, you take Apostle Paul, who later had an encounter with God and had unique ministry. I mean, but Peter is one number one, one person you cannot. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gate of hell. He was describing the New Testament as a pillar in the early church. And most of the references you see Peter, 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 Peter. But how did Peter start? How did he rise up to become such a phenomenal leader in the church? He started from the ruins of failure. Look at what the Bible says of Peter. Mark chapter 14, verse 66 to 72. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the seven girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, you were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. Look at Peter. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. And he went into the entryway. Just then, a, a rooster crow, crowed. 
When the seven girls saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied again. So he failed the first time, he's failing the second time. A little time, a, a little later, some of the bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. You must be one of them because you are a Galilean. And the third time, Peter swore a curse on me if I am lying. I don't know this man you are talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Sadly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. That you deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Have you wept over failure before? I have good news for you. You will not be the first. <laughs> you are not the first, actually. And you will not be the last. Peter remembered, and the Bible says he wept. He wept. Why? Because failure is painful, and we'll be exploring that. He wept. He wept bitterly. You can imagine a man weeping. Peter wept. He denied Jesus three times. But look at Peter. The man who denied Jesus is, there's another picture of him we are going to see. Acts chapter 5, verse 27 to 33. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sahindri to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you straight orders not to teach in his name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with his teaching. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter, again, take note. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God than, rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors rose Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sin. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to beat them to death. I mean, every time I read this scripture, I I I just I'm in awe at Peter's boldness and audacity. He said, you are the people who killed Jesus. Now, imagine that, and this is addressing the Jewish leaders. There's a community of leaders. If they could kill Jesus, <laughs> the miracle worker, the storm stopper, if they could kill Jesus. As for Peter, <laughs> they could just do tap, a tap of the finger and Peter was gone. But, Look at Peter's audacity in addressing them. Now imagine this. Peter, before a little girl, denied and denounced Christ three times. But Peter, before the Sahindri, stood before them and confronted them. That listen, I failed before, but I have learned my lessons. I failed before. I lack capacity. I failed before. But now, where I'm standing, I want you to know that I'm going to face you squarely. And I want you to come through this teaching with that strong resolve that what you failed at before, you go back to it and you conquer it. Maybe you fell, you fell, you fell into immorality. You can go back and conquer it. Maybe you failed, you failed financially. You can go back and conquer it. The, and you, Peter did it even in a greater and a better way. He didn't denounce Christ before. When it mattered most, he was ready and fully armed to succeed. So that was one picture of Peter failing, and that was in denying Christ. But there was a second picture where Peter also failed. 
Jesus one day was confronted with the cross and he was getting himself ready. And he chose his choicest disciples to go with him. You remember James? You remember uh, John? And then Peter. They went and they should go and pray with him. And the Bible says in Luke, when they went, Luke 22, verse 39 to 46, when they went, instead of Peter and the others praying with Christ, they actually went to discourage him. <laughs> Have you been in a trying moment and you're expecting that people, your friends, people you trust will help you, encourage you, and they come with discouraging remarks? You remember Job's friends, miserable comforters. These guys were supposed to watch with him. But they went and they slept while he watched. They slept while he watched. At a time when they should stand up and pray, they were sleeping. I pray that the grace to pray will rest upon you. That when the Holy Spirit wakes you up at the, in the middle of the night, at any point in time, wherever you find yourself, you will lift up your voice and you begin to communicate to God. Peter failed in prayer. And this failure had ripple effect and other, other things that I, I don't have the time to talk about. But there was another opportunity again. You know the early church. Let's look at Acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 4. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebrewic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called all the disciples together and said, it will, be right for, it will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention, please take note, we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word. There was a time Peter needed to give attention to prayer, and he failed. But on the second opportunity, he said, no, I'm not going to fail again. I'm not going to fail again. Can you type in the comment box, I'm not going to fail again? And I don't want you to be specific in the area you are talking about. But no, in the, there's a certain specific area the Holy Spirit is convicting you of. You are not going to fail there again. You are not going to fail in finances again. You are not going to fail in... Uh, not go carrying through your promises and your commitment again. You are not going to fail in your time with your family, in your time with your friends, in being trustworthy. When people confide in you, you are not going to fail again. This is Jesus, Peter. Peter says, I'm not falling into it again. And he says, we will give, he took steps to make sure that he doesn't fall, he didn't fall into it. He didn't fall into it. He says, we will give other people this responsibility, but we are going to stay with our core business. If you read the book of Peter, 1 Peter 4, verse 7, this is Peter. He said, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in prayer. This is a statement of a man who had understood the pain of failing in prayer. So now he says, be steadfast and watchful in prayer. If you are going to bounce back, from failure, if you are going to really succeed through failure, from with a few things I want to bring to your attention in, in this teaching. One, there are four essential things necessary to bounce back from failure. One is that you must have a proper understanding of failure. If you are going to bounce back from failure as a great success, number one, have a proper understanding of failure. Have a proper understanding of failure. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15, he says, Good understanding giveth favor, 
But the way of transgressors is hard. Good understanding giveth favor. You need a proper understanding of failure. And you need it for three reasons. When your theology of failure is wrong, it will affect you in three ways. One is that you will live in bondage to failure. The fear of failure. The reason why a lot of people fail is because they are afraid to fail. And that is the greatest failure of all. When you are afraid to fail, you end up becoming a permanent failure. But when you are not afraid to fail, you will rise up from failure and become... You know, you remember the one talent man. He said, I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent. The reason why he failed was because he hid the talent. Something he should be trading with, he went and hid it. When you are afraid, you don't... When you, you have a wrong theology about failure... When you don't have a proper understanding of failure, number one, you live in perpetual bondage to failure. Number two, when you are you have a wrong understanding of failure, you go through life unprepared for failure. I believe that one of the preparations that is essential for successful living is preparation for failure. And that is what I mean. It may sound strange to you, but that's what it is. You must prepare for failure. Because it's part of life. The Bible says the preparations of the heart is a man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The Bible said Jotham became mighty in the book of 2 Chronicles 27.6. Because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Preparation. When you are prepared, no matter what comes your way, you, you, you'll be able to make it. Because you are already prepared for failure. But when you are not prepared for failure and it comes, it hits you so hard. And you may end up taking the wrong decision. Number three, when you have a wrong theology about failure, failure becomes a stopping sign rather than a stepping stone. When you have a wrong understanding of failure. This is why understanding failure is critical. Number two, four essential things that will help you to be able to bounce back from failure. Number one is that have a proper understanding of failure. Number two, develop the right mindset about failure. Your mindset, your mindset. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So, it's critical what you, how you think about failure. When you think that failure is final. When you think that once you fail, there is no end. That you, you cannot, your end has come. And there is no future again for you. You also end up as failure. And number three, you need to cultivate the right attitude to failure. So number one, have a proper understanding of failure. Number two, change your mindset about failure. Number three, cultivate the right attitude to failure. Cultivate the right attitude. I like it when the Bible says in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. The New Living Translation says, let this mind be, the, the King James says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. There's a certain mindset you need to have. Let the New Living Translation or some of the modern translation, they say, have this attitude, which was also in Christ. There's a certain attitude you need in life. John C. Maswell, he's written several books on leadership and he's one of the uh, authors on leadership whose material I, I really uh, cherish and value. He said, your attitude towards failure will determine your attitude, your altitude after failure. Your attitude towards failure will determine your altitude after failure. So you see, in his mind, failure can take you to a certain altitude in life. 
But for you to get to that altitude, your attitude towards failure must be right. And this is why it's crucial. And as we go through this uh, teaching, you will come to appreciate the positive attitude you must have towards failure. And then number four, develop the right response to failure whenever and, where, where, whenever and wherever it happens. If you are going to bounce back from failure, number one, have a proper understanding of failure. Number two, develop the right mindset about failure. Number four, cultivate the right attitude. Number three, cultivate the right attitude to failure. And then number four, develop the right response to failure whenever and wherever it happens. Whenever and wherever it happens. You have to develop the right response. The right response. The right response. Look at Peter. Peter wept. And sometimes when people fail and they are weeping, we tell them, don't weep, don't weep. No. Sometimes it's good people weep. Because in their weeping, they are able to reflect on their values. And they are weeping, they are able to reflect on what led them to it. So it's, it's good. It's good that sometimes people are allowed, to, there's a proper way to respond to failure. Develop the right response to failure whenever and wherever it happens, either in your own life or in the life of others. An American soccer star, whose name is Carl Root Jr., he said this, there's no doubt in my mind that there are many ways to be a winner, but there is really only one way to be a loser, and that is to fail and not look beyond failure. That is to fail and not look beyond failure. So if your response towards failure is that when I fail, that is the end, then you are an ultimate failure. Again, John C. Maxwell said the difference between average people and achieving people is your perception and response to failure. Your perception, which has to do with your mentality, and then your response towards failure. When you are you've not you don't develop the right attitude and response towards failure, it shows in a number of ways. When I look at the life of Jesus, I just love him, particularly the way he handled Peter. When Peter failed, Jesus did not rub it in. And I want us to adopt the same attitude. When people fail around you, don't rub it in. Because when you fail, Satan is standing by to rub it in. To tell you, you can never be better like this. You will always be like this. You will always fall into sin. You will always uh, cheat. You will always lie. He wants to tag you with you always. So that you are not able to look beyond it. Jesus, look at Mark chapter 16 verse 1 to 7. And this is Jesus after he resurrected. You know, Peter denounces him or denies him three times. He goes to the cross and then he, he dies. And then he dies. He resurrects and it's amazing who he's looking for after his resurrection. Look at this. Mark chapter 16 verse 1 to 7. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise. They were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who rolled away the stone from the entrance? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the, uh, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But look at this. This is my point. And I, I want you to take a close look at it. 
Verse 7, but go tell his disciples and Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter. Any man, why Peter? Why will you say Peter? This is a man who denied him three times. And he's the first, he singled him out. And Peter. Because you see, when people fail, that is why you need to really, uh, as part of this teaching, I'll be showing you how to respond to failure in your own life and in the life of others. Jesus did not abandon Peter when he failed. Jesus reached out with Peter to Peter in love and restored him. I like it so much. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, he says, If any man be overtaken in the fall, those of you who are strong, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourselves less you also fall. Jesus restored Peter. And the beautiful thing about it is that Jesus did not restore Peter on just, on just any platform. He restored him over breakfast. He restored. He, can you imagine Jesus, uh, Peter fails him. He disappoints him big time. And then Jesus resurrects. And he says, Peter, I want us to have uh, some breakfast. Whatever hotel was the biggest at the time, whether it was Kempinski or Golden Tulip or uh, Ambassador Moving Pick Ambassador, he said, Peter, I want you to meet me there. Maybe at lunchtime or at dinner time or breakfast. But in this case, it was breakfast. If you look at the book of John, you'll find that one there. John chapter 20, verse 1 all the way to uh, 20. Thereabout, you see the account. Peter was ashamed. Peter felt so bad. But Jesus reached out to him in love. And you may have failed in one area of your, uh, your life. Maybe you may have failed God. You made a certain commitment to honor God and you failed him. You may have failed your spouse. You may have failed a friend. And you are feeling so bad. And maybe those people are seriously rubbing it in. I want you to know God does not rub it in. Christ does not rub it in. His arms are open wide and he's expecting you. And as you return... He'll receive you just like the prodigal son came. He felt his life was a wreck. He felt that his life was a mess. But when he took a conscious decision and he came back, his father's arm were, arms were open and he was received. I want you to know that beyond failure, there is success for you. No matter how it is, how bad you feel about yourself, begin to feel encouraged because God is bringing something great out of your failure. Type in the comment box, I am succeeding through failure. The Lord bless you for being part of a broadcast today and I look forward to having you join me on the second part of this teaching next week. I trust that you've been blessed and I want you to always make sure that you invite friends, you start a watch party, you invite friends, share the link with as many people as possible and let them be blessed by the ministry of God's word. Excellence on this platform, excellence is what we produce. We are producing excellence in every area of your life. The Lord bless you and we look forward to having you join us in our next broadcast. God bless you. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Yeah, no,